Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. The Leafs with an embarrassing 6-4 loss to Buffalo, taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. And join us now to talk big picture, little picture, and everything in between from The Athletic. He covers the entire NHL and does a great job when it comes to the Maple Leafs. It is Dom Lissish. And Dom, thanks for joining the show. Uh, yeah, happy to be here. Before we talk about the Leafs, yeah. is that metric as your intro music? Yes, of course. Great, great song. Yeah. Oh, no, listen. Uh, when people think of Matt Cause, they think this is a young, hip fella that's got his hand on the pulse of whatever the new hip music is. I don't know if I would call it new. I'm pretty sure that song is from, like, 2010. Okay, we'll, that's fine. We'll give it to you. Yeah. Give it to you. No, you didn't. You did the opposite. You you exposed <laughs> you exposed me for the fraud that I am for saying a song that's uh, 13 years old is uh, young and hip. But the last new band for me was uh, was Arcade Fire. Uh, just <laughs> okay. You didn't need to laugh like that. Listen, listen. Uh, I got into podcasts, and there's only so much time in the day. Something had to leave, so new music came out. Yes. Well, listen, I, I spend most of my time listening to Jonas and Myrtle bicker on the Least Report podcast. You think I got time for new music? Uh, so, uh, that feels like a waste of time to me. I, I Trust me, 100% agree. By the way, no one write in to Jonas and, uh, and to Myrtle. They don't read any of them. So, you know what? I'm going to go in a different direction with you beyond uh, shaming myself for my lack of music knowledge. Uh, someone uh, sent this text. Saying when you look at the, uh, we could blame everyone else in the Maple Leafs for their poor start to the year. And we're going to get there. Don't you worry. But is there anything to be said about the fact that the top four players that have been incredible offensively, collectively the core four is a minus? You say the core four is a minus? Yep. Who, who said that? Uh, who, some... who, who would say that watching this start? I know. From the only four players who are doing anything on a nightly basis, aside from, I guess, Morgan Riley and Joseph Wall sometimes. Like, they are the entire team right now, and that is... The problem is that everyone else is not pulling their weight. Like, Matthews has 11 goals in 11 games. Tavares is above a point per game. Nylander looks like a franchise player and wants a, someone who might actually deserve over $10 million. And Marner finally figured it out on Saturday night with a four-point night. So I, whoever texts you that, don't text them ever again. Okay. I just wanted to get that out of there because I'm sure every interview you do is going to start with Bertuzzi or Domi. I decided to go in a different direction. Is the bigger, the number one concern here, if your star players are playing like stars and you're not winning, then who the hell on this team is going to help them with the winning? I think it would be beneficial if they just cut their losses on Ryan Reeves because you can't get you can't have, play seven minutes a night and get outscored eight nothing in eleven games. That just cannot happen, and it's not bad luck. It's because he's the worst player in the league, and that was something that was that's not hindsight. That is was easily predictable at the time. He's not going to change the supposed culture of this team and make them tougher to play against because no one is afraid of playing against a guy who can't really skate out there, can't do anything out there, and is so far from the wash threshold that he is already dry. I, I think it was unfathomable that 
he was such a priority for the Leafs in the offseason, and it's played out almost exactly as expected. And the first mistake was signing him. The second mistake is doubling down on that signing. I think a lot of the problems would go away if you didn't have a fourth line that was bleeding almost a goal against per game and contributing absolutely nothing on offense. And that is, it's not on David Camp, who could be a fine fourth line center if he was playing with two capable players. But when you have Ryan Reeves out there, he, he's sinking the team. But then who takes over the, uh, the commissionership of their fantasy football league? I read that uh, Ryan's in charge of the fantasy football league keep for the Maple Leafs. Keep him for that. Keep him in the press box. Send the, the miners and have him do it from Coca-Cola Coliseum. I don't think it matters at all. Someone else can do it. It's like I was at the game on Saturday and just watching him not even do cardio because that's what beliefs had with Alex Kerfoot and other players who didn't really do much out there. Reese is doing less than doing nothing out there because he's actively hurting the team. Is he a bigger, it's interesting that you go this much on him. And by the way, I know this is not hindsight. You guys were talking about this before the start of the season. This is a well-documented criticism that goes back to the preseason. But he plays seven minutes and 55 seconds. Shouldn't my bigger concern be Klingberg or Domi or Bertuzzi? Like, Klingberg is definitely up there, and that was another very risky signing. I think with Klingberg, you can at least see the vision, the idea that maybe you could rehabilitate his game. And you know what? It didn't work out, probably. Maybe he can get there. I'm not sure. But it was a risky bet that right now isn't paying off. And I think it's important to find a way to make it pay off because there aren't a whole lot of backup options there. Uh, With Domi, I think he is what he is. I think he was always an empty calorie producer who only put up points because he got minutes he would never get on a good team and we're sort of seeing that now at the least where he's just not doing that but I think you can get something out of Domi in the right situation you can get something out of Klingberg if you keep trying to rebuild his game I think with Reeves you are not just throwing away seven minutes a night you are causing active destruction that the core four needs to make up for by playing out of their minds. And that's what they've been doing since the start of the year from the athletic. We're joined by Dom Lecician and um, on the on, uh, Jonas Siegel and his Monday morning Leafs report. Uh, he said this at the end of his article, one idea from our man, Don Lecician that might bear exploration again at some point is Nylander at center. Your thoughts on what, what how desperate or how bad does it have to look for uh, where you would say that seems to be the best move to do to try to turn things around? I, I honestly like don't think it is that desperate with the way he's playing and the way I think the rest of the lineup shakes out. The big problem is they don't have a capable third-line center, and I think part of that is they stack the top two lines, which obviously are working well, but the bottom six is something that needs figuring out. The one thing that having Nylander at center is, I guess there's an issue there, is his defensibility. And my idea to Jonas was to put him with Nylander, or sorry, put him with Marner, who was a Selkie finalist last year. I think that is a combo that we haven't seen because usually one of them is with 
Matthews, but I think Matthews can maybe carry his own line like most players of his ilk can, and you put him with maybe Jomi, maybe Bertuzzi, maybe Yarn Crow, and he can probably thrive mm-hmm. without Nylander, without Marner, and I think that opens up an entire world of possibilities if you pair Nylander and Marner together and you slide Tavares down to 3C where he can probably do the same thing of carrying his own line lower in the lineup. You know what? I mean, considering Sheldon Keefe loves to experiment with line changes, a couple more losses, and I don't think that would be a crazy thing uh, to see. One thing that always confuses me, and at the beginning of the year, you know, and this is just my own dum-dumness, I'm like, okay, who's going to be on the left wing on the first line? You've got the golden ticket like uh, like Charlie Bucket or Basket, whatever his name is, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, this is it. And yet, time and time again, it seems players have a hard time. How is it that you can be on a line with two incredibly talented players like Matthews and Marner, and everyone seems to be uncomfortable in that position? I think it takes a lot more than people realize to play with extremely skilled players. They just think the game a certain way, and you have to play a certain way as well. We know that Crosby wasn't the easiest player to play with uh, during his prime, and he needed Chris Kunis and Pascal Dupuis instead of Jerome McGinley when he came over to Pittsburgh. I mean, it's not the easiest job. And I remember the last few years where my model has liked Zach Hyman and Michael Bunting and others have said they're just feasting off their opportunity. And you look at what's happening this season, and maybe Michael Bunting was a little better than people gave him credit for, for fitting into that role. Maybe he's not that good on his own, but that is a, a rare skill set of being able to complement superstar players that the Leafs had in spades with Bunting and with Hyman. And I think if they gave Tyler Bertuzzi a bigger chance in that role, he should be able to fit better. I think Matthew Nyes can get there one day once he acclimates himself to the NHL game. I just don't think either of those things are going to happen Overnight, They didn't happen overnight with Hyman or Bunting either. They take some time, and when it clicks, I think it'll click really well. Bertuzzi hasn't looked himself, hasn't looked his best, but I think before Saturday night, his, he was leading the team in expected goals percentage. He was doing what he needed to do on that top line. He just wasn't producing. I think going back to that or trying Matthew Nyes out is, the best chance for success rather than someone like Callie Yarn Crow, who I just I don't really think fits there. At the end of the year, are the Leafs over or under a hundred points? Is Ryan Reeves playing eighty two games? You know what? In this one, we'll say no. Ryan Reeves is not playing 82 games. Okay. No, we're going to do it both ways. Ryan Reeves is playing 82 games and make sure that no one does any sneaky trades for the NFL fantasy draft. Ryan Reeves plays the whole season. How many points? I currently have them at 99 points, so you've, you've set a very good line, and it's the first time I've had them under 100 points since the 2019-20 season, so it's been a while, and the Leafs have obviously started slow in previous years, and my models never went down to that level because it still believes in the underlying ability of the team. This year, it's not looking as rosy because they're not controlling the game, and they have some very clear anchors throughout their lineup that I think starts with Reeves. So if you take out a lineup, they're probably above a hundred points and that's a good bet. If he's there all season, it genuinely might be tough to get there. 
Dom, always appreciate. Uh, thanks for joining the show today. And maybe one of these times you come on, you know, we can uh, we can do some uh, music and movie recommendations. I could recommend some movies. You could rep- uh, recommend some uh, some bands, some artists. Yeah, have you heard of this uh, this lady named Taylor Swift? Oh, you mean Travis Kelsey's girlfriend? Yeah, I heard yeah. she's a real humdinger of a singer. She's fantastic. I give her a listen. Thanks, Dom. Take care. That is Dom Lecession from The Athletic.